Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Oh, Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon here on a... Still calling them football for... I guess we've got football. Let's do it. Precious few of them left, damn it. Uh, It's Miller and Con as we talk sports with you for the next couple of hours. Thanks for spending some of your morning here with us on the BMW of Des Moines guest list. We'll start it off with Chris Williams from Iowa Everywhere and Cyclone Fanatic. 25 uh, after the hour, we'll get uh, Chris as Iowa State heads back on the road TCU this week. It's a 1 o'clock tip. You can watch it on ESPNU, but if you can't, it airs down the hall here on uh, 100.3, the great big green bus. Uh, so that's uh, first up. And then Bill Bender, want to catch Bill before Monday. Uh, we'll take a look at uh, just kind of a quick glimpse at the championship game, TCU and Georgia. I think your theory of the semifinal holds true and um, and is, is in place again this week. That's either going to be a really good game or George is going to blow the doors off TCU. But we'll talk to Bill about that. Hour number two, we'll head to Las Vegas with our friend Mike Pong from Circus Sports. Circus Sports and bookmakers around the country, uh, sports operators in the process of buttoning up on their house rules because there's a bunch of refunds coming. Yes. Uh, as the Monday night football game will not be resumed, um, and therefore the, to the Bills and the Bengals will only play 16 games, and you must play 17 for action. So Mike Palm will join us to kick off the second hour, and then Tom Kekert, busy recruiting weekend, according to our friend from On3 Media. Uh, Tom Caker will join us, and we'll do that. We'll obviously talk about the basketball game, and away we go on a fr- Oh, our picks as well. Now away we go. <laughs> you, you don't want to mention those? Eh, it's just so brutal. 0-5 <laughs> last week. Yeah, I you. feel really good about this week, though, Trey. Oh, you do? <laughs> yeah, I feel really good. <laughs> well, if there was ever a week for you to turn it around, it is this yeah. cockamated week so, that we have in front of us in Week 18. If I win one, I beat, my, uh, beat last week's uh, debacle. Anyways, let's get into it. You were there. I was there. How many people would you say? Nine, ten thousand. Right. I know it was, there was a list that of, many. Yeah, it was a list of just shy of twelve. Yeah, that was tickets purchased, right? right. Not scanned. It was eleven thousand nine hundred yeah. and change something. You know like what that. I'll say? I don't know how many people were there. I know they were loud. Well, it you, was, you heard it firsthand. It I could, was, yeah, through the TV. They were in. Not weren't into it early. <laughs> it was tough to be. Yeah, a lot of grumbles. Oh. 28 to 7, my God, and then flip that switch and away we go. 23 4, and well, are they going to be able to dig out of this? Probably not. Did you think? I didn't. No. It, you know, Sanford hit that shot early. Big for him. And, and then he hit another one. You could hear the crowd just trying to implore him, like, yeah. hey, good job, kid. Yeah. You know, it was just, it, it was one of those moments that you could yeah. just, you hear just everybody, come on, make, make right. this mean something, you know, yeah. and, and though he didn't, Overall, shoot a great. Well, it's one for four for three. Uh-huh. He did other things. He you know what he did, Trent? And I thought there's no way in hell this is going to happen. The two free throws with, what, six or seven yeah. seconds left in the game. Well done, young man. That was great to see because those are pressure up by mm-hmm. one. Uh, he'd, he'd seen his teammate, who's probably a second-round pick in the air ball one earlier uh, in the night. So you just I'm thinking, oh, my God, don't do it, don't do it, don't do not, it. Not this guy. No, not not with not what's him. going on in right. his head. Right. And he was perfect in both he of them. He was. Speaking of Chris Murray, after that air ball, he had two big free he was throws. Incre- yeah, he was, down the stretch, absolutely. And right after air ball, and you go right back yep. to the line, and he knocked down mm-hmm. both free throws. So, yeah, good things. And you know, we talk about this a lot, about Fran's teams just in general. You know, the toughness factor, because 
Well, they're not built physically. No. You know, he's got a certain prototype that he likes. He likes, you know, kind of more the athletic, rangy type of athlete, mm-hmm. not the big, thick, tough guy that you think about. Mm-hmm. They're not built like Purdue, right? Right. They're they're built no. in a different way. Or in a Ohio different State, fashion. those dudes, those freshmen, my God. And we sometimes wonder, as tough as Fran is, does his team have that mental yes, toughness? Yes, his oldest boy does. Oh, absolutely. And his oldest boy was right where you'd expect him to be, right in the middle of it. And his center does. And his center does. Yes, he does. I agree with Boy Robracho was good. He was. He was really good yesterday. He got a bad whistle. Yeah. That last yeah, one. Yeah, the last one was. So I want to take Although, you, you know what? Yeah. After he said it's the right call. Did he? He said it's the right call. Pushed I, him in the back. So got home, got Ella back to bed after she was sleeping in the car, and was going to... Re- How was she, by the way, at the game? She was incredible. That's in fact, good. she yelled at me one point. Was Iowa? It was right at the end of the half as uh, they stretch it back up to 10 and I hopped on my phone to look at Twitter. She goes, come on, Dad, Dad game's right here. Let's go. She's, she's yelling at me for being on my phone and looking at Twitter because she was engaged. She was locked in. She was cheering. Got her pom-pom. <laughs> she was into it. Got her Carver cone. She was excited about good, that. Good, good, good. Checked all the boxes. We, we absolutely did, but she was as into the game wow, that's good. as I... I could never have hoped for anything like that. I thought, well, you've eh. been to, you've been bringing her to work since you and I started working together. Yeah. She's into it. She absolutely is, and she was. She had so much fun. We just and it was just us together. So I had a bunch of friends that were at the game. You now they said, no, "There's open spots everywhere." In fact, our whole row was wide open. Yeah. There, there was nobody. There, there were other. There were plenty of those. Were kind right. Of yeah. There, there was a lot of room, and you know. And I just thought. Dad and yeah, dad and daughter, daddy yes. daughter game. Instead of going and hanging with my buddies mm-hmm. and complaining and doing what we normally do, I'm just gonna. And she was so good, so had a great time. But of course, had the vantage point. We were behind the Iowa bench, so got to see a lot of the histrionics that were yeah. going on. And so, what was the first tee? Because they never really explained it. What was he? What was Mc, Fran? What was he PO'd about? He he was pissed from the start. The first play well, of the game. Because was it Rabracha that he got hit the Taurus strip off when they came off the floor early? Yeah, he right away. First possession down. There's a foul underneath, and right away, Fran was into it. Now, this is Courtney Green sucks. I he's mean, awful. I, he's awful. I saw the worst technical I've ever seen in my life. And Indiana fans will say the same thing. Well, it was an Indiana player that was the recipient of the. Here, I, I asked for the ball to be thrown at my chest, and you made me raise my arms. Yes. Are you freaking kidding me? Now, it is a delay. And they had yeah, already I, been warned, and this is something that yeah. a lot of teams do to Iowa, because what does Iowa want to do? More than anybody in the Big Ten, they want to play fast. But that, I don't think that was the case this time, because he, there, he had somebody in front of him, so he had to throw the ball over top of And it's not like he had to take any steps. He didn't have to move. He just yeah. had to literally raise his arms from his shoulders two feet up in the air. But they were told multiple times, including an official warning, stop touching the ball after it goes through. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that part. Uh, maybe it makes it a little easier, but, but that's it's still it's, an awful call. It, it was, it's a weak call. Right. And it's not just Iowa fans and Indiana fans after last night. You talk to anybody in the Big Ten yeah. that knows officials, and they all think Courtney No, he was, he was terrible. He's, I mean, he's bad at his job. He's awful at his job. He is a guy that anticipates something. He's Angel Hernandez. He anticipates things before he sees it. He's bad. But then you also have, in this crew, little Larry Serrato, yeah. who's not very little anymore. No. And he's out there <laughs> trudging around. He's a guy the Fran's got into in the past. Yeah. Selleck's another guy that Fran. When I saw that three maker, I just oh boy, <laughs> this one's destined. And then we go to the final minute of the game. So I want your vantage point from TV because okay. I haven't rewatched it okay. compared to what I saw. Now I what I did see a little video of it and what the TV feed was. So I did see that part. But when Fran comes over, mm-hmm. there is a big lead up to that. First of all, the assistant coach for Indiana, right? He was over at midcourt. 
But he was on he, his side? He was on his side. Woodson but, says he was. He was on his side, but he was out of the coach's box. And Fran said, let's come together. He like pointed to the middle, saying, let's talk. Did not see that. He pointed there and say, because that's what they do. If there's uh-huh. a concern... And Fran is, this is something that he really wants. Well, I think he was pissed off. Now, this is just the broadcast. Mm-hmm. They assume McCaffrey was pissed off because it was his assistant. It wasn't Woodson. Who, by the way, is now one of two coaches I've seen still wearing the suit and tie. Yeah. <laughs> it's a rarity anymore. It really is. But Fran wanted them to get together. Now, there was other things and people that were close to the court said that that assistant was talking crap to Connor. Connor also was told by Fran to shut the blank up. Yeah, he didn't. It didn't work. So there was a lot going on. Should Fran have gone that far? No, he shouldn't have. Well, there was they teed him up in the beginning, or they teed somebody. They teed somebody up. But here's, I, I think this is just a, a think. I believe it was not. The ref that gave the technical, it wasn't the boom in your face tee. No, he looked at the he looked at the scores table. It looked at and I I wondered if he was saying, if you guys don't shut up, I'm gonna give you a tee and kinda as he said tee because it wasn't where you normally see how a technical you fall don't, is given. You don't, you don't point or you don't give the T sign to the player or the coach right. and then turn around to do it to McCaffrey. You didn't mm-hmm. do the assistant and then Fran. I got gotcha. you. That's what I wonder if it was, and that's why Woodson said it was a technical, and, and, he, and he did not hold back. He did not. He did not hold he back. He said he's not going to comment, and then he commented. And then he commented. And there were F-bombs dropping, and uh-huh. uh, uh, I mean, he just saw his team blow hugely. <laughs> I guess he's a little PO'd. Uh, he should be. Uh, at one and two right now. Um, but yeah, it's just because the assumption was that the officials realized, oh, I can't do this because then you have to run Fran. You run Fran, even if you give a double T in that situation. Uh-huh. He's gone. Fran's still gone. Right, because he had one earlier. Uh, you know what? We're just gonna not. We're gonna pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> I hope nobody saw this. But that could at least be an explanation. I don't know, but yeah. it could be. He was just saying, as he said it, I'm gonna give you a T if you guys don't shut up or you mm-hmm. know something like that. Mm-hmm. And that was it because it just wasn't your normal way of giving the technical foul kind of uh, signal. I guess yeah. is yeah. what I'm looking for, uh, wording wise. But that was uh, what I saw there. It was. It was a wild environment. I, it was. Saw our it buddy, was loud. Saw our buddy Wade looking, Bill. He was Did down, you? Good, you know, good, good. A little bit closer to the court than I was. But <laughs> saw Wade down there walking around. And from, obviously, Rabracha, Connor, mm-hmm. and Chris Murray. Those guys are excellent. Yeah. Got to give credit to Josh Dix. Yes. He yes, had a big shot. He did. But I thought he was coming out of the game just prior to that. It, it looked like he was. But not only hitting that shot, which was big at the mm-hmm. time, his defense was as good as anybody they had on the perimeter. Is that right? He was so good at closing out because they basically went exclusively to playing zone. Mm-hmm. I mean, as they got down, tried to get back, run and press it. And, and Connor said things. on field of 68 with uh, with Goodman uh, after the game, um, it's like they'd never seen zone before. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the coaches are doing. <laughs> exactly. Throwing a little shade. Yeah. Connor just being a punk. <laughs> just absolutely love it. But... So you have that component, and watching Dix, his ability to get to the quarter, come out, close out under control, something that not my Iowa basketball players under mm-hmm. Fran have been able to do very well. He was really, really good on the defensive end. And you think of this guy coming off that just horrific injury less than a year ago, and to be playing in a Big Ten game like that, to be that smart on the floor athletically, I don't yeah. think he's where he's going to be and certainly wasn't where he was before the injury, but you got to find more minutes for that guy. Mm-hmm. He played really, really well, and that is a, a nice piece to build upon. He's not going to be the game guy I think he ultimately is, but if he can go out there and help them on the defensive end with that group and give them, as, as opposed to the 
basically ten minutes he played last night. Who's who, who's uh, minutes does he take? Oh, Eric Ulyss. Ulyss, yeah. I mean, Ulyss didn't even start the second no, half, and he shouldn't have. Right, you know, Sanford did. And in the post game, you know, Fran said, "You know, Ulyss played well." That's what he said. You didn't play him in the second half. <laughs> Perkins, you know, I love Tony Perkins. Something's but off there, Trent. He's banged up. He got hurt again on that inbounds play with four seconds left on the shot clock. But it's not just that. It's where where he is in his headspace because there's times he's pouting out there. There's times he was separated from the huddle. I know oh, you're frustrated. Really? I know you're not playing well, but mm-hmm. you got to get locked back in. He's yeah. an important piece. Oh, gotcha. If I was going to get back into us, and we've talked about it. I mean, the path is 12 and 8, maybe 13 and 7 is what they have to do. Mm-hmm. And it's still a long ways to get to that point. Yeah, but they took the first step. They took the first step. Yeah. But Tony Perkins has still got to be without a doubt one of their best yep, three players. Without a doubt. If, if He has to play at that level if they're mm-hmm. going to hit those mm-hmm. heights this season. But you're right. First step last night. Oh, now you go to Rutgers. A little hep, pop in your step. Yep. The rotation's going to be limited. Uh, and Rutgers is a really good defensive team, yes, as you pointed out yesterday. How big of a, a bloat to Indiana? And I'm assuming this is Jeff on hold. Jeff, just, just hang in there. Um, how big of a blow was Race Thompson getting hurt? Huge. He was so good. He was rock fire early, wasn't he? And, and they just they don't have an answer. Rebrach is already playing undersize at center. Mm-hmm. He's got his hands full, mm-hmm. obviously, with, with Trace Jackson Davis. And then you couple that. Who They showed him walking off the floor. You probably had a better view of this. Walking off the floor at halftime, just holding his back. Yeah. I mean, so, struggling to walk almost. Because he didn't play in their last two non-conference right. games. He'd been sitting out. I know he practiced starting on Monday Middle again. Middle of but, December, I think, was his last game. And... Well, even with a bad back. That, oh, he's a hell of a player. He's just so He's good. a hell of a player. He is really, really good. Overall, step number one. Mm-hmm. Now you got three out of four. Mm-hmm. One road game and then three at home. We said four and one in the stretch. Well, you're one and oh. You still got to go three and one in this stretch now coming up. I think the most difficult, well, it's, it's on the road, so you would assume. But, mm-hmm. but Rutgers, they can play some defense. How about this? Rutgers right now at Ken Pomeroy is ranked 13th in the country. Are they really? They are favored to win this game by eight against Iowa. Really? Eight. What time is that game? What I Eleven. Say? Is it? Perfect. Yes. Good. Eleven, a little late start to get into the NFL. That's yeah. all right. No, absolutely it works. So both of them, uh, uh, Iowa State tomorrow won't uh, overlap with the NFL. Uh, and then Iowa on on Sunday gets you an hour before the, before the games kick. Uh, huge. Big win for them. Happy for them. Really happy for Sanford that he was able to do uh, what he did in the basketball game. I'll tell you what, watching the game prior to... Um, Ohio State and Purdue, mm-hmm. these are really good teams. They are. They yeah. look like they belong at the top of the Big Ten. Is that the class? If you put those two together at the I top, think is Rutgers third? I want to see. Betting wise, they are. Yeah, I want to see them on Sunday. Yeah. Um, but Ohio State's freshmen. I mean, it's unbelievable. They got one after another, and they're good. And a couple of one and dunners on that team, and and Purdue's got a it's Smith the the, uh, the guard he's terrific. That was a good that was an entertaining night of Big Ten basketball. You know the night before we had an entertaining night of Big Twelve yeah. basketball. So the two conferences that move our needle, boy oh boy, if you can't get into that, well uh, it's going to be a long winter for you because <laughs> there's a bunch of college hoops coming up. All right, you get Jeff in here. Uh, we'll do that. We will uh, have Chris Williams joining the program here at about uh, twenty five after the. Hour. Look forward to catching up with Chris. Bill Bender, we will uh, talk to him about the national championship. The line's 12 and a half, 13, depending on where you go. Uh, but Jeff's been very patient and he joins us. Jeff, welcome. How are you? What'd you Good. see? Well, so Frank can probably help, help me with this. So the game gets off to another terrible start. Um, 
Sanford comes in, and I think this is where the game changed early. Sanford gets a no call. It was a layup. It should have been an and one. I believe, isn't that when Fran got a T? Or I think it? you're right, Jeff. Okay. I think you're yep, right. Absolutely. So Fran walks on the court, and this is what I love about Fran. Okay, Now, that could have been a, a bad, you know, maybe stopping some momentum, but he had his players back. And that's what, uh, and I think that's what Sanford needs to see. And so they go through maybe another possession or two. They call a timeout. Fran's going absolutely bananas. Now, it can go two ways here. Kids may not listen, or the kids are going to rally around that and get fired up. I think they're rallying. So they give up 50 points at halftime. That's fine. They're down double digits. Again, the players could just, oh, well, we're 0-3. You know, we're, we're, our backs are on, you know, we're, we're, we're down for an eight count and they could just pack it in. So when you have Iowa fans saying, well, they just won one game and yeah, they're one and three, they could have just, just shut it down, mm-hmm. be 0 and 4, give it up. But that's not what they're doing. So they come out in the second half. Chris Murray has 30 and 10. How about, how about Philip Baracha getting 19 and 10 mm-hmm. going against one of the best big men in the nation? How about that? Mm-hmm. Filed that was out. great. Showing so much emotion, and, and, and I've brought this up before. And again, Trent, I don't know if you've seen this last night. So Chris Murray gets an and one. I've never seen Murray get so fired up. He had a fist pump. I mm-hmm. believe the announcers even called and said, we've never seen Chris <laughs> have that much emotion. That's the stuff we need to see. Yeah. And it's, and it's as an Iowa fan or, you know, like you said, moving the needle here in Iowa, this team, okay, believe it or not, beat Iowa State. Okay. Mm-hmm. You beat Indiana, that's a quad one win. Mm-hmm. If they start building on some momentum and keep locking up quad one wins, which they're going to have the opportunity to do, I think it's too early to just bail on Iowa. Let's see what they do Sunday. Yep. Let's see if they can fight through some adversity, which, again, last night there was some adversity, and they're coming back and they're fighting. Tony Perkins, I still believe in Tony Perkins. The way he was driving to the cup, now, can his jump shot get a little, little bit more consistent? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Can Sanford come out of this? I mean, think about this. We've talked about it. Sanford's got the, the weight off his shoulders. Now having that game, and it wasn't the best game, but it was, I mean. I thought his free throws game. were huge. Yes. Massive. Yeah. And so, again, this team has so much meat on the bone that if they get rolling, guys, they're just going to keep jumping up the Big Ten, and we're going to look back at a game like this mm-hmm. and say, man, being 0-3, they could have just gave up, and they're going to be right on that bubble. And that's all you need to be. Forget about, you know, again, you got a friend bagger on Iowa. I don't care what they're doing right now. I want them peaking in late February. That's when you need to start playing your best basketball. So figure it out now, and let's get right in February, and let's see where the chips fall. Thanks, Jeff. Have a good weekend. They took a first step uh, yesterday, without a doubt. And that's what they did a year yeah. ago. And they needed to, because if they if they lose that one last night, mm-hmm. it's done. It seemingly yeah. is. Yeah. Iowa jumped six spots in the net rankings what with that win. To? They're number 60 okay. in those rankings. Number 51 at Ken Pomeroy, uh, the advanced analytics site. They do have two wins now, quad one mm-hmm. wins, both Indiana mm-hmm. and Iowa State. Remember, it took till what, end of January last year before they got that quad one victory? Even though the resume at this point was a whole lot better than it is today. And that Eastern Illinois game, it, it still is going to loom for a long time. Yeah, it's not completely over, but there's a lot of work. As you mm-hmm. said, this is step one. Yep, it, It's got to continue. Even if you lose to Rutgers, you got to come back, and you've probably got to be perfect in that home stand. And but, at 28-7, did anybody think that like, the step one was coming last night? No. Uh, <laughs> After they stretch it back up to 10 at halftime? Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. 
you you battle back, you get mm-hmm. to forty five forty, and then a quick five nothing run at the end. Uh, just real quick, because uh, I want to get to Demar Hamlin and the yeah. unbelievable news, positive news. Chris Murray at the end of the game throwing the ball in the air for those final two seconds, yes. which was brilliant. And then speaking of, uh, as Jeff said, um, you know, is pumped up, and you don't see that out of him walking over to his teammates after the clock hit zero. Mm-hmm. He was jacked. He absolutely was. Uh, it was they needed that. You, you could just, but see you it. never see that from him. No, and you know, Chris, he's different than Keegan. You know, we hear he's a little goofier, mm-hmm. a little more loose, and seeing that kind of emotion out. That's neither the Murrays. Right. They're not no, highly not emotional like. guys. It's just yeah. not the way that they're wired. But yeah, to see that, you could you could see what that meant to them and, and meant to just the team and what they've gone through, not mm. just losses-wise, but obviously what's happening with Patrick right yep. now. Yep. There's a lot happening. And, and to get that win... Now, they showed him on the bench a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, was, what was he like during the He time was engaged. He was there. Sure, he was. Yeah, yeah, he was cheering. He was Good. doing all the things. He, Good. In the huddle a couple of times. Speaking of a huddle... Uh, early in the game, when they got down, it was at one point in the 23-4 run early, uh, there was a timeout, or brought, excuse me. Cough it up. <laughs> Rabracha laid into Chris. Basically said, get tough. And huh. I don't know, there might have been some Serbian swears in there too, because yeah. that's what he likes to do. But yeah, he was he was in was his Was that face. when Fran snapped when they came off the floor, or was that a different one? Because Fran, I thought Fran was getting after Rabracha. Might have been. I think it was a different time. Day. Gotcha. But yeah, and, and, and I could be wrong. I yeah. mean, I'm just trying to. You know, yeah. What am I seeing? But yeah, it was not the coaches getting in his face. No. It was Good a teammate, oh. and he responded. With, yeah, with a double double of thirty points. Thirty and ten, unbelievable. All right, we'll take our time out. Chris Williams is going to join us next. However, it is time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Head to KXNO.com. Once you get here, you'll find this nationwide contest. Enter the keyword credit, credit at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Credit at KXNO.com. Another chance coming up uh, in the 12 o'clock hour. Miller and Condon underway on a Friday. It's Des Moines Sports Station. We didn't do this. Damar Hamlin FaceTimed with his teammates. Yeah. The breathing tube has been removed. He's speaking. As the doctor said, the light is on and somebody's home, which is huge. He's talking to his teammates, telling him how much he loves them. I don't know what this means for Sunday. I Don't you have to bet the bills? They're going to come out and just... Because this had to be an awful couple of days for this team. Speaking right? of something weighing on you. Oh, oh, this is a level yeah. we've never seen before. Right, and I just have to think that that has been totally yeah. removed at this point. So what a story. What yeah. an incredible story. The um, medical personnel from the Bengals and the Bills that went to work as quickly as they did saved his life. And the hospital being as close in proximity, what they say was like two miles away mm-hmm. from it, um, able to get him there. What was just an awful start to the week has an amazing, there's still chapters to be written, but boy, this is certainly a good one. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106 points. Flash free. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, 11.30. Welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Country Music Hall of Famer, Glenn Campbell, as we uh, take you up until 1 o'clock. You're good at this. I've I nailed it again, didn't I? I, I? I would guess you're right. That's Keith Urban. It is Keith Urban. You actually I'm a, knew. I like Keith Urban. Do you? Yes, I like Keith Urban. I like right? his music. 
I like that one, one that he did with um, with Sunday Night Football. Um, yeah. Married hockey player. Um, uh, Nathan Fish. Uh, Carrie Nathan, Underwood. Carrie Underwood. Yeah. Uh, what's his, what's the hockey player's number, uh, name? Oh, what I have no clue. Fisher. It's Fisher for sure. Anyways. Hello, Chris Williams. That's the only person in the world who would associate Carrie Underwood with the woman who married a hockey player. I love it. <laughs> she did. He was the assistant captain. I remember the captain for the Ottawa Senators and then finished his career in Nashville. Anyways, uh, good to talk to you, Chris. Uh, boy, oh boy, Iowa State's off to a 2-0 and start. <laughs> Uh, the Baylor game, and I'm sure you watched Baylor the other night in TCU. Boy, that was an entertaining game. Beating yeah. Baylor at home, um, I get it. Cryer wasn't there. I don't care. That's a big win. And then uh, going on the road and winning a game in the Big 12, it's going to be so difficult to do. And Iowa State's checked two boxes so far. They're 2-0. How about the start? I mean, it's. Uh, I, I didn't think that they could start 2-0. thought 1-1 one one would be really positive. Um, kind of like this week, too. It's like, you know. Um, if you you just feel like I mean of these next two, if you go one and one against Texas Tech and TCU, man, you feel really good. It's mm-hmm. just, it's brutal. It's brutal. These games are and there's going to be a stretch too. It's like Baylor's zero and two, but they're they're still pretty good. I, I don't think they're a top, you know, four Big Twelve team, but that's definitely a tournament team, right? Like mm-hmm. they're they probably feel really bad right now at zero and two, but it's like God, you lost at Hilton, and then you. I I think guys, TCU, watch out. I don't think that they had a bad non-conference, yep. and their metrics sucked. Uh, they had guys out. That second half was exactly what we thought uh, TCU would be, and that's a terrifying basketball team to me. I, I think that they've got everything, mm-hmm. and I, I absolutely love that group. I think that they can give Kansas and Texas a run for their money to, to win this league. But, yeah, with Iowa State, man, if you – Listen, when you get games when Grill hits five threes and when you have ten threes and you, you shoot, they have to win those games because they're not going to be there every night. And you just have to realize that about this team. And you got to take advantage of it when you get it. And they've done that. And what I liked about the other night's game is that, man, there was a lot of contributors like Oshun with those free throws at the end, Oshun getting eight rebounds, Lipsy with those great takes to the rack at the end of the game in crunch time, like it, it was really a contribution from everybody who was on the floor. So I'm really, really positive. And man, you got to like their NCAA tournament chances mm-hmm. right now. They got in last year at seven and 11. Big yeah. 12 this year might even be better than that. And I'll tell you, mid majors, the A10 is a one bid league this year. I mean, the A10 is way down from what they normally are. The MVC we know is a win bid league. When you, when you look at that, there's going to be a lot of teams trying to fill it in. 7-11, absolutely, they're in this year, but you're thinking more about that. I mean, you're thinking about being a top half of the bracket team now with this start, and, and you can start dreaming a little bit more with this squad. I, I want to go to Taman Lipsy and what we've seen out of him. He, he's not a great shooter. He wasn't a great shooter in high school, and we'll see, developmentally. You know, Monte, by the end, he became a consistent three-point shooter, and you hope that's the development. But when is he going to start, for this year, getting the J.C. Holloway treatment, where we're going to lay off you six feet? And if you're going to hit a shot, so be it. But we're going to lay off because his ability to get into the lane, get in there, and then kick it right back out or find the guy underneath for the layup. He is so good off the bounce. When are defenses going to start to have to adapt and, and that be the biggest game plan for Tame and Lipsy? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's already kind of happening, Trent, and he's done a really good job of just, you know, taking those open lanes when they are there. Um, and, it, and it will keep happening more the second time through the Big 12. You know, that's, 
I was thinking about this the other night. The one thing that I just hate about the new league is that you're not going to get the round robin anymore. Right. The round robin. Totally agree. Just a blast. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just reminds me of the NBA playoffs where these teams get chippy with one another. I just absolutely love the round robin. And that that's kind of heartbreaking for a guy like me that it's going to go away. But that's one of the challenges of it. And you're, you're right, Trent. I mean, this guy will be out there on him. But I, I do think that it's it's happened some. The good thing about Taman is he's just smart. Like, I, I know at the beginning of the year, you know, it was kind of like what Trey King is on right now. Like, you only shoot if you're wide open and you know you can make it. Like, you're not out there for offense. Uh, that's not what Taman's there for. Um, but the good thing about him is he's doing more offensively than anybody thought uh, he was even capable of. And it, to me, I date it back to that Villanova game where – Gabe fouled out and Taman's in there and he hits those free throws. And it was like, well, all of a sudden, like I'm going from this freshman who shouldn't be out here because Jeremiah Williams is supposed to be the guy to, Oh wow. I need to assume this position. And really since those clutch free throws against Villanova, he's just grown and grown and grown. But the thing is, it's like, we can talk about how good he is. Nobody saw this coming, um, maybe other than TJ. Ken, I remember talking to you the day that the Williams news broke, and I was like, man, they got to go with Lipsy. And we both looked at each other like this could be the end of the season. <laughs> and now he's one of the best players on the team. Yeah. It's just really been a crazy couple of months. It really is. They win a game, uh, and Trey King is, uh, you know, he's not getting it, all, got, getting it going offensively yet. And, 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 uh, Robert Jones missed a couple of bunnies. I mean, a couple of layups right under the the uh, basket wouldn't fall for him. So, you know, uh, there, there's more there, I guess, Chris, is where I'm coming. And, and yes, maybe it'll offset because Grill might not go five for nine from the three-point line every night. But uh, there's Jones and King did not have their best nights, and they still put it in the win column. Well, and I would add, too, that I think King played elite defensively. You know, he um, he's been better than I thought he would be in three games. Uh, if he can go out there and grab five rebounds a night and play, you know, some pretty physical defense, like defensively, um, they're not taking that big of a step back. I'm, I'm shocked, honestly. I thought Koontz, and I, I still think Koontz, depending on how long he's out, will, will, there's going to be a game where, like, man, the ball stuck, right? Like, I, mm-hmm. I'm just a big fan of him, especially as analytical of a coach as TJ is. Jazz Koontz is like the premier type of analytical player because he's just so efficient across the board. Um, and but the one thing that impressed me, guys, in the in the Oklahoma game, they get up twenty. They get, Oklahoma goes on that twenty zero run. Well, Iowa State really locked in on their defense, and they my my point being what was terrifying me about the Oklahoma game is that oh they're going to fall in love and think that they're better than they are offensively and that's just not the way that they are going to consistently win they're better offensively than they were a year ago but this is not some elite level offensive team they're old they're not skilled Mm -hmm. and they're tough and they've got to stick with that mentality and if they do they can do some really special things this year if they start to fall in love with oh i hit five threes last game i'm steph Mm -hmm. curry now that is a recipe for disaster for this group but they they stuck through that when Oklahoma made that rally, their defense never let up, even though the, a shot wouldn't fall. And that, to me, was really encouraging on the road. A guy that we haven't seen play in Big 12 play, and more than likely won't very often this year, is Eli King. Now, in this instant gratification era, 
I just loved his swagger. Well, watching him in high school up in Minnesota, there was something about him. Yeah. He was a good recruit, too. I mean, he had a lot of big-time programs that were after him. Is it the defensive end of the floor? He's just not ready to play the TJ style at this point. And is that what it is? And what do they think about him kind of going forward? You know, I, I don't know exactly why. Um, I would guess that it's just, think about it. He played, it would be like playing like 1A basketball in Iowa. Sure. Oh, really? Yeah, he was at the lowest division of basketball in Minnesota. So it's a pretty big step up for him. Now, granted, he played really high-level at AAU. He had that injury. So I think there were a lot of things that were kind of holding him back when he got onto campus. The good thing is, TJ coached his brother at South Dakota State. There's a long track record. We're talking almost a decade of trust between Otzelberger and the King family. I mean, Eli grew up watching his brother, you know, play for TJ in Brookings, you know, sitting behind the bench watching. So this is a relationship deal where, yeah, I mean, of course it's it's possible that a a kid can be like, well, I mean, I could transfer to South Dakota State and be a first-team Summit League guy, or I could sit it out here and wait my time at a, you know, high-level program in the Big 12. You're going to see conversations like that happen all the time. I I think Fran Fraschel put it well the other night, at the end of every – March, every program has 13 free agents, and that is the reality of the situation. Um, but the good thing is there, it's it's about trust. That's why I would say got him. He probably would have ended up at Iowa, frankly, yeah. if TJ hadn't gotten the Iowa State job. I think he would have ended up in playing in Carver Hawkeye Arena for Fran McCaffrey. Um, so whatever that is holding him back, um, honestly, like, they gave him a shot. I know that, and Lipsy was just – farther ahead they i think that they kind of wanted eli to to step up and be able to take some point guard minutes when jeremiah williams went down just wasn't ready and boy it's hard to critique them for what they've done with lips mm. what is what an impressive deal no no doubt about it you know who else has been impressive and caleb grill when he's out struggling with his shot he makes up for it on the defensive end of the floor. He's tenacious out there. But when he is making his shots, you've got that plus the defense. Chris, he's having a phenomenal final season so far. I, I, he's um, overachieved for at least where I thought he would be. Maybe, maybe he thought he could get no, it and everybody else did. He's been great. He's right there with Kalsher defensively now, which yep. is crazy. Like It's just crazy. and he, He's your prototypical guy. He's seen everything. He's played it. Um, you know, he played in the, on a really bad Big 12 team on a mediocre Mountain West team where he was the point guard because there was an injury. He played point guard for TJU and LB. Comes back here, um, had his role last year, now an extended role this year. He's seen everything, and there's just value in that. The ball moves slower. Like, you you know, he's, he's grown. He's gotten stronger. And don't look past, can you said his final year. I think there's a good chance they'll get him back for another How one. How about that? So. Yeah, I, I think that him and Jones both could come back mm. if they wanted to, and that would be huge. I know they're recruiting well, but again, in this league, yeah. you can't be young anymore. Nope. You just can't. And to have a couple of guys like that back who are sixth-year guys or whatever they would be, I've lost count, <laughs> man, that would be a huge coup for next year's team. On the football side of things, it became official. News had been out there for a while. Ryan Clinton will come in from you and I to take over on the offensive line. Besides the press release, what do we know about this and how he fits into what Matt Campbell wants to do and some of the tweaks offensively? Don't know enough yet to give you a great answer other than it's like, what a track record this guy has, Mm -hmm. you know, and 
Ken, how many years have we done these shows leading up to an Iowa State UNI game, and it's just like you you're terrified about those <laughs> FCS lines because it's just so those Northern Iowa lines are just so tenacious, yep. and they're they're often undersized, but they give you problems. And frankly, Iowa State needs that. Like I just I I think that their linemen aren't that bad that they've had. Honestly, I don't think they've recruited bad offensive linemen, but I don't think that they've been developed in a way to be nasty and to be road graders and it just from everything I, the people i've talked to i i lean on people like ben brown sage rosenfels who know way more about watching an offensive line than i do. and they really like this guy they you know the that tenacity that i spoke of that's how they describe these northern iowa guys who end up in the nfl and i swear guys like somebody can prove me wrong if it doesn't work if i was running one of these programs either Iowa or Iowa State that have both had line problems, I would go out there, I would take $100,000 in collective money, and I would offer the five best <laughs> FCS offensive linemen I could find. They go to the pros every year. You're telling me you can't develop these guys? Like, I, I just, especially like cold-weather guys, go to South Dakota State. But hey, you want to come play in Kinnick Stadium for two years and play in the Big Ten? You could upgrade really quickly, I think. And I just, I don't think you want to do it all the time, but if you could get three two to three FCS offensive linemen who are really good at that level. I'm talking like first team Missouri Valley and you're going to give them a raise and you're going to give them a better dorm and you're going to give them better training. Like to me, this seems like a no brainer and I, I like Iowa state's approach here. We'll see what happens. I have no idea how this fits in with shield house and stuff, but I, I'm pretty convinced that shield house had a good play in hiring this guy. <laughs> Uh, last last thing for me, Chris. Uh, do you still do the Athlon football preseason? By the way, yes. yes Where I did do. you have TCU? And now that they're in the championship <laughs> game, your thoughts? <laughs> I think I had them at seven. All right, so I'm better than some positive. people. Yeah, I had them, at, and the only reason why um, was because smart football people all summer like TCU, and I I really couldn't put a finger on it, but. You know how it is. Like you, a lot of times, it's like I don't know everything that's going on in Fort Worth. So you ask your, mm-hmm. you know, your friends in the bit. Smart people in Texas kind of thought that he, they Dykes has a great reputation, and people really thought he would turn it around quickly. And it was kind of one of those deals too, where Patterson leaves, and it wasn't really like that he didn't have players the last few years. It was just everything had gotten stale. You know, Gary, who's one of my all-time favorite coaches, had just kind of lost track of what it takes to to win at that level. And I think that that was kind of the, the mindset. It's like, man, they've been recruiting really well. And you don't want to overreact, but you, you add all that together. You look at this new league. It's like th- that's your premier program right now. I Them in Cincinnati, is. I think. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, maybe not Cincinnati, but I, I think – you talk to people around the league, they're kind of the sleeping giant. They think in five years, Cincinnati with this Big 12 could be a really, uh, really big force to be reckoned with. But, yeah, it's, it's one of the great upsets, one of the great stories in college sports history. I asked our friends at Circa um, about the odds, guys, and they were saying preseason, like 500-1, to 1, TCU to win the title. <laughs> On October 16th, you could still play TCU like 115 to one. That's wild to win the national title. And look at them now. Like it's—I don't think they'll beat Georgia, but I'm also kind of like, 
I don't even know if I'll bet on the game. I feel like all these playoff games are just literally a coin flip. I told you guys that last week, too. But, I mean, all they've done is defy expectations all year long. So it's kind of like, I don't know. I, I don't think they'll beat Georgia, but would I be shocked if it's a decent football game? No. That's I, all I, I ask I for. Won't. Hey, la- yeah. last thing, 10 seconds. Are, are you still live in your Survivor contest that you're in? I am, yeah. Who are you taking? I'm live. I'm leaning Jacksonville. I still have Jacksonville as a six-point well, favorite. That's pretty that's, good. That's my lean right now. I, I think you're on the you right You should have bet uh, in Circus Survivor. He's going to be next year. I know. I, I know. <laughs> Jeez. It's just, and I know I'm going to go, and I'll do that next year, and I'll be out in week three. Yeah. Like, I know. We were. Yeah. You can talk to Ken about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's week five. Uh, great stuff. Uh, thank you, Chris. Iowa everywhere, Cyclone Fanatic. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Chris. All right. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, appreciate it. Chris Williams, we check on, on Iowa State and the Big 12. Bill Bender, Sporting News next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Let's get to Bill Bender from the Sporting News. He'll be on an aircraft later today headed west. Uh, he joins us prior to that to talk about that game. Bill, uh, Trent, and Ken, thank you, as always, for what you've done for us all season long. Well, honestly, throughout the year, as college football seldom takes a, <laughs> a long period of time off. So when are the press conferences? I'm assuming tomorrow. When uh, when will we start reading your coverage about the setting the scene type of thing from L.A.? Yeah, I'll be out there tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm flying out to get in kind of late tonight, and then... Uh, adjust to that big time change and then they got media day tomorrow morning so uh it'll be fun i'm looking forward to it we have some advanced pieces out there and yeah i mean nobody's given tcu a chance but nobody gave them a chance last week either that's true there was a whole lot of those people and you know the thing about it okay tcu wins the game but the way that they did it it wasn't quentin johnson just you know going off for 250 yeah. yards receiving and beating him deep it was the physicality that they played both sides of the football the big bad big 10 against this oh this big 12 team all they do is ch- it was the physicality that that stepped up and was a huge difference maker in this game now can that physicality hold up for a second week against all right you beat michigan that's one thing georgia that is a completely different circumstance yeah it's not going to be easy um mm. They, I, they can't let Georgia, and that's what you just said is what has to happen again. They cannot let Georgia dictate this game with their running game, the way that Georgia runs the football. They can't let Georgia average six or seven yards of carry and just run it down their throat and control the, the tempo of the game. So that's what I'm watching. Um, and then on the other end, can they make big plays in the passing game and make this what they did against Michigan, turn a Big Ten game into a Big 12 game? Can they turn this SEC heavyweight game into a – Big 12 game, and if they can do that, they'll have a chance. I, I just want it to be a close game. I really do. TCU's had such a remarkable season. For them to get there on you know, on the big stage like that and to, to lay an egg, that's that's what I'm rooting against. Uh, entertain us in the final game of the year. So you and your colleagues, you pulled all the college football writers. Um, were there any, refresh my memory, that took TCU? It seemingly there's a lot of double digits Georgia picks. Yeah. I, Edward, one of our content producers, he's He's a good guy. Uh, he took TCU, but I told him you're just doing that to be different. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, because I, I and I, he was trying to deny it. I was like, no, you're you're just trying to be different. Um, but we'll see. I mean, uh, our my editor Bill Church who picked TCU in last week, and I said the same thing, and he turned out to be correct. So we'll see how it goes. 
So as you look at this uh, this Georgia squad, obviously their tight end position is ridiculous. Mm. With what yes, Washington going to be able to play? Good question, Bill. Yeah, they don't know yet. They okay. They've been. I, I anticipate they'll be mum on his status all yeah, the way through tomorrow. I but so. I mean, obviously that that's something that we're watching. But they do still have a pretty good one on the other side. <laughs> yeah, <I'll say. laughs> Bowers is just yeah. so much fun to watch, and they do so many different things with him too. Stetson Bennett, though, I, I want to go to him. Mm. He's not going to play in the league. He's going to get some job at Georgia and make tons of money yep. on the sales circuit. Make Medi- more money probably than yep, he would Medical sales or something like that. He's going to be in good, good shape. But you know, how is he going to be remembered? If he wins back-to-back national championship, a guy that was it's a walk-on. It's a walk movie, on, Trent. Yeah. I just, where this guy, where he is on the pantheon of just college football quarterbacks, even going back in our lifetime, Bill, over you know 40 years, where does he go in the college football only kind of rankings? Mm. Uh, right with the other guys that have back to back. Tommy Frazier, Matt Leiner, um, AJ McCarron. None of those guys exactly went out and had mm-hmm. an unbelievable NFL career either, but all three of them um, pretty good yeah. in, in the college game and, and remembered. And I, you know, he's never, I kind of made the joke yesterday, like Stetson Bennett's never going to have to make, buy a drink in the state of nope. Georgia the rest of his life. So, I mean, that's a pretty good perk of being that good. And now we'll see. I think he'll get a shot in the league. I don't know if he'll stick, but, you know, he'll be a backup at least for a little bit. Yeah, he's, um, what is he, 5'11", 5, 5, how tall is he? Yeah, like right around that 5'11", yeah. 6 foot range. And, uh, you know, but you can't say about his college experience. Oh, yeah. I mean, this dude, <laughs> right. fourth quarter, he's, he's money. Yeah. I was going to try and compare him to Trevor Simeon, but Simeon was a little bit taller. A little more athletic. Yeah, true. But uh, the, the, the Bill pointed out the, the game, the resume that uh, Stetson Bennett uh, has put together. And, and, you know, those other guys that you mentioned, the back backers, I'm guessing none of them had to go to JUCO. None of them weren't going to make the team, had to, and then came back and probably weren't going to play again. And the last guy in the roster that the coaches wanted to play was this kid uh, that uh, the third's on his name. Uh, but, but yet here we are. I'm telling you, it's a movie, Bill yeah and, and another guy that um you know between those stops i mean it's it's as somebody reminded me this week he was on the sideline when they almost beat alabama oh. in, in the other championship game so he, he's been around for a while and, and if anybody that uh disputes that i like i said both of these guys i don't know how much max duggan's going to play at the next level right. but you can enjoy them as college quarterbacks yep. both of them that have been amazing this season and if it becomes a four-quarter game, we're going to find out which one of them you know, can carry their team to that national title. Uh, Harbaugh, real quick, um, with the – I guess it's they're pending, although it's starting to – I think they've started maybe to be published. The um, It looks like they broke some rules. Not sure how serious uh, the NCAA – I mean, I'm not sure how much power they're going to have once this finally does uh, get adjudicated, if it ever does. Is this why you think Harbaugh's listening – Potentially listening, we're not sure. He's enthusiastically planning on coaching Michigan next year, but with what's going on, uh, the investigations is that maybe what's leading him to listen to the NFL? Because he said last year, after he flirted with the Vikings, he's out of the NFL business. Yeah, it's it's interesting and obviously going to generate a lot of headlines. But I still think, I mean, he's as of now, one he says he's going to stay at Michigan. I would wait till after Black Monday and all the NFL hirings are made to make sure that's. 100% true because anything's possible with him. And then, two, the, the violations, I mean, I, I didn't know we still had those, honestly, right. like in NIL. So I'm not I'm making a little bit of a joke, but if it's a recruiting violation or things they did wrong against COVID, yeah, he may face some penalties. But I don't think they're going to be 
back-breaking penalties for the program. Another Big Ten story, Kirk Soraka leaving Minnesota again. I mean, is it just that difficult to work for that puke-filled fleck? (laughs) Leaving for a Big Ten job again, went to Penn State, didn't work out well, came back to Minnesota. Now it looks like he appears to be off to Rutgers. It's kind of an interesting story. What's going on there? Oh, I mean, you know, usual, like, it's just one of those things. I don't know too much. I haven't really paid attention to Minnesota as much as maybe I should. But um, obviously, like you said, there's not a lot of continuity at the offensive coordinator mm-hmm. position. We'll see where PJ goes from here. Somebody was trying to bring him up as a Michigan candidate if Harbaugh left. I Here's the other thing, I think. If Michigan, if Harbaugh does go to the NFL, I think what they would end up doing is promoting Sharon Moore. Mm-hmm. Makes some sense. Bill, uh, travel safe to the West Coast. We will uh, read you as we always do, sportingnews.com, sportingnews.com. Enjoy SoFi. I'd love to get there. It looks like a special place to watch a football game. Uh, thank you, Bill Bender. Appreciate it as always. Hey, no problem. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Bill Bender uh, from the Sporting News. Uh, as uh, We take a couple of minutes to preview the game. Are we not including this in our picks this You week? can if you would like to. I got to get six this week because I was on the Cincinnati oh, Buffalo man. game. I do have a college game. It's the Bison are going down to defeat. Five and a half is the number, though. Doesn't matter. They're going to get blown out. <laughs> Mike Palm from Circus Sports kicks off hour two. Tom Caker from On Three Media. Miller and Con.